I always feel like the, the eagle has landed when that thing arrives, you know, it's such a triumphant Absolutely. thing. And then it's just us two standing here. I mean, it's great to have you here, Noel, but I, you Thank know, people you. are so used to my rambling on, t- on the internet. So um, how are you doing? Did you have a good uh, week since we last I saw had, each other? Yeah, I did. I had a great week, Zev. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me back. Looking forward to tonight. I love having you on the show. You're always full of such great insight. Last week was just, uh, just really fascinating. And tonight we're going to be doing something really interesting. There's, a friend of mine that we've been talking for over a year now, I think, on uh, online about his ideas about what is going on with the world right now. They're mind-blowing ideas. They will change everything uh, that you've probably thought up until tonight. From this day forward, it'll be very, very different. We're going to go step-by-step with this guy because he's that kind of brilliant. Um, originally a, uh, a violinist at a very young age, a child prodigy at four years old. He started playing violin and then became a virtuoso violinist, traveled around the world, um, mostly in the gospel world, but also otherwise, doing incredible uh, travel and uh, performances, sold 350,000 albums. Um, but that's not why we're talking to him tonight. We're talking to him tonight because as he was traveling around the world, he figured out something, something really special about how the world operates, like the real secret for what happens in the world. So uh, he's going to explain that to us in about uh, 10 minutes from now. I should warn you that there is all sorts of banging going on upstairs because of uh, some sort of construction. So if you hear that, I apologize. It just happens from time to time on these shows. Uh, and I don't, I don't know them, so I don't know if I can go and, and knock on their door and say, hey, you guys, you know, don't do that. Um, and the reason we're talking to David tonight particularly is because we're going to be doing something about um, the crown. Okay, so why am I talking about cracks in the crown? There is a movement in the world. You know, there's a thing that's changing, and that is probably the most powerful human in the world, or one of the most powerful human in the world is about to change. I mean, we've had the queen... Uh, as the head of the of, of the British Empire for a while now, her husband is no longer with us, and it's you know almost time one would think for Prince Charles to assume the throne. That is normally just considered one of these things that just maybe happens, you know. But if you really think about how powerful the throne really is, and how powerful the Queen or the King are then you realize that we're in for fundamental shifts in the way we see the world. Um, and we'll be talking to David about why that is the case. He's got a keen interest in anthropology and understanding how the world has developed. Uh, and he'll bring us into a different headspace into how powerful the king and the queen of, of Britain in particular, but all kings and queens are, are powerful. Any thoughts about the kings and the queens of the world? Are you, you're not a royal. Are you secretly masquerading as? Maybe you are. I don't know. I'm I'm not a royalist, as they say. I know some and uh, some some big fans of the Crown. I'm a fan of the the Netflix series, certainly the BBC series. Um, I've met some of them. I've met Prince Harry. I've done events with him. He struck me as a as a pretty decent kid. And I'm friends with Ella Windsor. And for full disclosure, I've hung out with her in London and stuff. I used to spend a lot of time over there. But who who's she? I'm, Sorry, I'm, she she's the. Uh, her mother is the is a, a sister. She's a Windsor. She's Ella Windsor. Her her mother is the one who's always getting in trouble for like wearing the brooches with the black face and stuff. Ah, oh, okay. And she lives in Kensington Palace. So like her mom is the cousin of the queen, or you know, not the sister. I, I'm not a royalist, as I said. She's close. She lives like Kensington Palace, like right next door to Kensington Palace, because we dropped her off one night after dinner. After a dinner Did you go party. inside? Did you go inside? No, no, but we were staying next door in a hotel. But I'll tell you a funny story. I was there with this rock star who was a big fan of like the royals, and we were at this private dinner, 
you know, with with a, like an MP's son and all these fancy people. And he invited Ella to the concert we were doing the next night at the Royal Albert Hall. And she goes, yeah, I'd love to attend. And then he turns to me, I'm his road manager. She goes, he goes, make sure it happens. So I'm like, okay, Ella, you know, what's your last name? So I can put <laughs> you down for tickets. And she goes, Windsor. And don't worry, I have a box there. I don't need tickets. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's a good story. Yeah. I, I but, once was allowed into the, into the yeah, the front foyer of uh, of Buckingham Palace. It's you think you know. I was I was excited. They said you know I was trying to set up an interview with Prince Charles for uh, the CBS, I think, or maybe it was CBC, but I think it was CBS. And uh, and you know it was quite a process. It was a long yeah. courtship. We had to talk to them for a long period of time, and then we got to know the the their, his you know his PR people, and that's a, then they finally said, "Well, come over, come over to the UK and, and meet us in person." So I fly to London have another like, series of meetings. And then they said, you, um, you know, you'll go to Buckingham Palace tomorrow and meet the press secretary of the queen. And I said, okay, that's fine. So I was excited because I thought maybe they'd give me a tour with the place. But um, really they let you into like the front hallway. Right. <laughs> and they're like, uh, here's, some, here's some cookies that uh, the, I think it was the, uh, was Prince Philip, Prince Philip's favorite cookies. We got, got to taste those and we had some tea. And they said, thank you very much. So we drove all the way in, got to see the front bit with the press secretary who lives and works, and then we got sent back. But then later on that day, after I met the other press secretary, I had this incredible thing with the, with the queen and Prince Philip drove by me in cars. They saw me and they waved at me. So I was like, wait a second, that's not just by accident. That does not just happen by accident. This is part of the process <clears throat> Sorry, this is part of the process of the ceremony. This is what they do very, very well at Buckingham Palace, right. and they do very well in the royal world. And that to me is normally very exciting, and was really a thrill to, to get to you know at least connect with them. But but maybe there's more to the royal world than we real, than we realize, and that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit later yeah. on. But first, we should talk about the big news of the day. I mean, I, I, I think they should just. Uh, you know, they, they should just come up with a new term, Arizona dumb, because everything that's coming out of Arizona right now is just makes me, I love Arizona, by the way, who doesn't love Arizona, the yeah. most beautiful place on the planet, nicest people, just a great, great place. And then on top of it, they've elected this group of people to run their, their state and they're making all these terrible decisions. Now, firstly, that, that the, the fraud audit, whatever it is that they're doing, this incredibly stupid recount of the recount of the recount of the recount. And then today we find out that the, their governor has signed a bill into law that's going to make it even harder for people to receive mail-in ballots. So they're just not satisfied with the fact that they're still questioning an election from last November. They're now actually, you know, making it really hard in the future for anyone to vote any, in any other way other than um, for Republicans. And I'll go through another few Arizona dumb things, but I know you've got a few too. Yeah, I do. Well, uh, oh, sorry about that. Sorry Always. about that. Um, well, you spoke about that law, and after the Arizona Senate passed it, the governor signed it within within minutes. You know, so yeah. they're going full fascist in Arizona because yeah. they know that Phoenix, you know, is a, the big largest city in Arizona, and it went Democratic. You know, they were shocked that Biden won in this last election, and like many other states that used to be red that have turned blue georgia for example they're trying to make sure it never happens again and they're somehow a fertile breeding ground for the QAnon type you know andy biggs who's a representative from there in congress who's out of his mind you know mm. and it's it's a scary place and it's a fertile breeding ground for sort of white supremacist 
you know, reactionary nationalist forces to take hold. And they're fighting the tide of, of reality, you know, which is which is a diverse population that's going to vote Democratic. So it's sort of like the last gasp of trying to hold on to power. But when they can turn it into law like they are and we don't stop it, it's it's a, a horrifying situation. Well, it's not only there. That's the thing is, I mean, the GOP is now making this their strategy. They're basically going to be doing everything they can to break the rules or change the rules or do whatever they need to, to make sure that they're constantly reelected. Now, the thing is, the people of the world can see this. I mean, we can see that you're being anti-democratic. We can see that you're taking away votes from people. We can see that there are no equal rights here. So it's not like you're doing something that's super smart, you know, just go full fascist, just declare a dictatorship and decide that. This, these like incremental steps are just embarrassing because it's so obvious what you're doing. I mean, it just drives me nuts. Absolutely. And Stacey Abrams put out a statement right after this this thing happened this afternoon. And she said this new law will kick off like 30 percent of the Latino voters off of the, the polls because it affects the early voting thing that was so popular in Phoenix, in this county. And we have to do something about it. You know, the pressure was applied to Georgia and hopefully something will happen there with their sort of draconian voter law. But Arizona, I mean, as we saw with this sort of cyber ninjas that they brought in to, to recount this election, as you mentioned, six months mm. after it was, you know, fully so decided. Stupid. So stupid, and, really. And, <laughs> absolutely. And they want to knock on doors. Like, they've already been told, no, you can't go knock on people's doors and ask them how they voted. That was shot down last week. And then today, the sheriff just went crazy because they wanted access to the passwords of the voter data in the county, which has people's <laughs> medical records. It has their voting history. I mean, it's insane to put that kind of information into a company's hand that supported the president in conspiracy theories. Yeah, I mean, they're they're breaking the law right now. They're creating all these right. things that are, and you know, it's not like the the former president had a good relationship with the law. He's broken the law many, many times. I don't know if any of him and his or his associates should be having access to the police uh, passwords or the county passwords. Who knows what they might do if they if they checked in there? I mean, especially when you look at his other friends from uh, from Florida, where you know Greenberg and Gates have been the, the, their misadventures with the law. God knows what. Uh, what they would do in in Arizona if they had those same passwords and the same access that Greenberg had to to you know mine Bitcoin. I'm sorry, I'm melding all these stories together, but I just thought I might because I'm expecting tonight. We are we're expecting the big uh, announcement from about whether he gets a plea bargain tonight. So we'll see whether that happens in the next uh, in the next hour as well. Um, maybe it's happened. I just haven't noticed. One of the uh, senators, uh, Paul Boyer of of uh, of Arizona, who was in favor of the original audit in Arizona, now also says. It really makes it it makes it look makes them look like yeah. idiots, um, and uh, indeed they indeed they do. They look really stupid in front of the world, and this will get worse and worse. Now, what do you think the end game is here, Noel? What do you think the the goal is? I think the goal is to not participate in national elections. You know, I think as crazy as that sounds, I think what Georgia is trying to do, what they're trying to do in Maricopa County is if they don't like the results, they're going to say our guy won anyway. I think they're trying to sort of distance themselves from the democratic process and install sycophants that are loyal to Trumpism and this insanity and sort of muscle their way in and then assume that no one's going to go in and, and route them out, so to speak, because they own that territory. I mean, yesterday there was the, the, the state of Virginia was nominating their Republican 
nominee, the GOP nominee in Virginia. And the guy hired his own security guard to stand outside of the ballot counting room. In serious? this hotel. Yeah. And he was like a neo-Nazi dude, you know? And then they found out later that he wasn't the RNC security. He was this private guy that this candidate had brought in to sort of intimidate everybody and stand outside of the door, you know, and he's got the neck tattoos. He looked like he was one of the guys who charged the Capitol. Right. But so it was a show of force, a fascistic show of force. Yeah. You know, that's what they're trying to do is, is take over and scare everybody. And it worked in Germany to some extent, you know, they're they're trying to they're going full bore with this fascism and they're knowing they, they know they have it to somewhat of an army of support, so to speak. I think you're that's one possibility that they'll just stay, you know, active in the democratic process, but you know, act fascist. The the scarier scenarios are that they'll, you know, they're what they're doing is building up this nationalist base in some of these states. And they might actually decide to just you know, secede or not necessarily right. full secession. They might just say, well, you know, Arizona and Florida and whatever other states are able to build up enough support. Well, they're no longer uh, ruled by the president of the United States. As we know it, they're ruled by the secondary president or whatever they want to call Donald Trump. And so that worries me because I don't think the goal behind that is to actually create a separate part of the United States. It's all about money. It's all about, you know, creating a protectorate over certain industries and being able to tax them and do whatever you need to with them um, and not have to pay into the federal pie. Absolutely. And it, it also sows discord. You know, even if they were just to not certify a vote count, they'd throw a wrench into the works that halts the democratic process. You know, that's a lot of what January 6th was about. They were hoping to just disrupt it enough that they couldn't certify Joe Biden on that day. So these individual states can do the same sort of thing and they can buy time for somebody like Trump so he can further profit and they can sow discord in America. And as you know, most of these things are being funded by Putin anyway, you know, mm. so it, it goes to their chaos agents, you know, yeah. and when they're doing it on behalf of somebody like Trump, who's who's represented by Putin, and Putin is giving safe haven to all these cyber criminals, you know, we see what's happening this week with the oil, you know, with the oil pipelines here in the States. Story. And all. Right. So imagine all of that stuff happening at once, and it's a perfect storm of, of very dangerous things, and then markets fall and all kinds of domino effects happen from something like this. I think January 6th was a taste of things to come if we don't really react stealthily and smartly about what's happening now. I agree with you. I think, you know, we could be seeing the next time if the Congress has to ratify a vote, a uh, presidential vote, they may not ratify a president. They may not agree uh, right. in 2024 who the next president should be. And then, and then what? You know, that seems to be where we're heading. It seems, you know, if the current Republican Party, as it's constituted, continues to do what it's doing, which is being this fascist outlaw party, that is where we'll be, uh, what we'll be staring at in 2024. And the question is, you talk about being stealth and, 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 and being responsive, but what do you do when you've got Russia, um, you know, holding you by the you-know-whats because they have your entire cyber infrastructure uh, rigged. You know, it's that that colonial um, hack was not just coincidental. Right. I mean, that was done on purpose and deliberately and, and done with the intent to disrupt um, all the gas supply to the Eastern Seaboard. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a, we, there's a huge balancing act we still have to do with the global impact on us and also these, these local forces that are trying to be, um, you know, rule their own states. I agree with you completely. And what we have to do is we have to pass HR1, 
We have mm-hmm. to end the filibuster. We have to, to, to realize what we're up against and who we're fighting against. We can't play nice anymore. You know, yeah. This is our one shot in, in the Senate to, to make these things happen. If it doesn't happen now under Biden, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, These laws are coming in place now in Arizona and Georgia and stuff because they want to take back the Senate in, in yeah. the midterms. You know? now, if the HR1 is published, is, 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 is ratified and passed as law, does it overtake all these state um, laws or does it make them mute or do, do, do they still continue to exist in, in sort of contrast to or in, in, um, you know, in, in opposition to the to HR1? I don't know enough about it, but maybe you do. I don't either. Yeah. It, it protects the right of voters. I'm yeah. not, you know, I haven't yeah. read the legislation, but it goes a long way towards protecting things that are now unprotected and right. are able to be thrown out at the municipal level. You know, the right. scary thing here is that these local governments can put in these laws saying you can't give somebody water, it's against the law, all these things to disrupt the, the democratic process and to kick people off the, the voter rolls. The, I mean, the, the juxtap- the crux of all this, DeSantis signed a bill last week in Florida doing the same thing. They're basically trying to disenfranchise black voters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically an extension of, you know, Jim Crow era, like, look, the white guys lost this last time, you know, the conservative Republican white guys lost, and we want to make sure it never happens again, because they know they're sort of outnumbered, you know, progress is coming. And we're in a diverse country now where everybody should have a, vo- a vote and a voice. And and the last bastion of sort of cheating racist white men want to make sure that never happens again. And you have to fight against that. You have to say, nope, your time is, you know, you're not, if you don't get elected fairly, you're not taking office. hundred percent. Now it'll be interesting in, in next year's elections. Um, is it next year already? I can't believe I'm saying that. Yes. Next year's elections, they will uh, likely win the house, right? I mean, it seems the way they've gerrymandered a lot of the, uh, of the house seats, especially in, in Texas, it looks like they may win the advantage in the house. Are they then going to be okay with the Democrats saying, well, no, you didn't win. We're going to recount everything because now we're following your precedence. You know, oh, I'm sorry about your claim of victory here, but we, we think we need to have several audits that are going to last three years before we allow you to, to take those seats because that's where we're heading. It's a complete stalemate. And of course, nobody wants that. But at the end of the day, what's, you know, it's going to happen. It's, it's, well, there's a possibility that that kind of reaction could happen. I agree completely. And here's the thing with Trump and what he does, like you don't go back to normal after you've been broken in the way that he sort of sullied this country. Look at Atlantic City, you know, use Atlantic, go to Atlantic. It's not the same since Trump, you know, his casinos are either torn down or they're shuttered and there's people sleeping on the border. Like he he decimated that city. Everything he touches dies, to quote Rick Wilson, you know, so like the the violations and the molestation that he sort of did on the democratic process you know for lack yeah. of a better term it doesn't just go away you know we've now lowered the discourse to a discourse to a point that it never goes back to where it was before you know no. we're, we're never back to the era of civility look what's happening with elise stefanik this week you know yeah. she's now the third most powerful republican in congress you know she's a lunatic and, well, and she used to be so sane and sensible, and now, she, now you know, it turns out that she's not really sane or sensible, or she's just very no. strategic. I mean, she's just yeah. How she's how tr- do they how do they make this work for themselves? How do they wake up in the morning and say, they, "I'm just going to go and lie to the American people just so I can claim power"? I mean, 
I don't know. Because it's the only way. It's the it's the future. Trump yeah. has showed them the future. It's racism. It's being a troll and a bully. And it's kissing that man's ring. She went to Harvard. Like, she was against the Muslim ban. She was against all this stuff in the beginning. And then she saw how powerful she was. And she has her own ambitions. And she was... She's skewed towards whack job anyway. You know, so my family lives up in Albany. Like she, she, there was one time where she said somebody left a note on her car that said like die fascist scum or something, which clearly she made herself and just did it because she knew it would go viral. You know, so she understands the cycle of outrage in the way your Matt Getz and your Jim Jordans do. It's not about legislating. It's about getting attention and getting Trump's attention and the people that he you know, that he commands having them support you has become more valuable to these GOP congressmen than actually legislating or 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 or, or operating by their own designs and intelligence. You know, yeah. they're not representing their constituents, they're pleasing their master. Yeah. I don't know if it's how can it can't really be about him, right? It can't be about Donald Trump itself himself. It's gotta be about people above him or around him. He's not that powerful at the end of the day maybe in their oh, yeah. mind but i mean you know how I, when I, man have? Right. I just keep seeing like a grandfather in diapers and i mean like how much is. how much sway yeah, yeah. is he holding yeah. over you really it's when i say him i don't mean him i yeah. mean the people he commands and the people who command trump trump isn't trump without bannon you know and roger stone and all these guys trump wants to walk into a room he wants music to play he wants to get high you know, and he wants to talk about his grievances. You know, he doesn't see the big picture. But Jared Kushner, Paul Manafort, all these other guys that make a fortune off of Trump, that Vladimir Putin, you know, they understand the value in his base. And and the people that, are, when I say support Trump, you know, understand that that power can protect and promote them too. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.